Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. I'm hooked on a feeling. I am believing. Hi, everybody. I'm believing that it's J-Rod Concerts, the podcast time, and also hooked on a feeling that I'm your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Here we are together again, my dear J-Rod Concerts family. Welcome to a great episode. I have an incredible duo for you guys. They are the talk of the town. Um, during Americana Fest, they were one of the hottest shows. They played the Brooklyn Bowl right before Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Voss and Dan Wolf, better known as Dead Horses, guys. Really, really, really great musicians. Um, Milwaukee-based. They just released their newest album, Brady Street, which came out um, four years after their uh, last album, My Mother the Moon. So it's been a minute. And that album was a huge success. Charted the top of the Americana Top 50 radio charts when it came out for three consecutive months. It had a single turntable that's accrued more than 35 million spins on Spotify and was also featured on Amazon and Apple Americana playlists. And so are the new songs. Um, also, Rolling Stone has mentioned them as artists you ought to know. They've been profiled on NPR, Billboard, all that jazz. Just to have them on the show because they are awesome. We have a great conversation, guys. Goes deep. We talk a little bit about um, tragedy in their life, how it influenced the name of their band with a friend that passed. We talk a little bit about what makes a good song a great song and a whole other list of shenanigans. So I hope you enjoy this great chat with Dead Horses, guys. Check out their website for tour dates. Um, you know, store to get merch, lyrics, all that good stuff, deadhorses.net. And catch them on tour because they are crisscrossing the USA. But yes, guys, welcome to Gerald Concerts. If you are new to the show, housekeeping items, please click subscribe, give us a review. All that stuff helps us a lot. And let's get on with it as we head into the last couple months of the year. Dead Horses on Gerald Concerts, the podcast. There you guys are. Sarah Voss, <laughs> Daniel Wolf. Hey. Dead Horses is here. How are you hey. guys doing? Good. How are you? In great. You know, incredibly accomplished duo, by the way, guys, for my audience. I mean, as musicians, as solo artists, um, now as authors, Sarah, which we'll talk about in a second. And this album, by the way, guys, got to tell you, Brady Street. I mean, you guys just put it out recently. Guys, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. The storytelling in the songs, the title track, the characters, Ward under gray skies. It's just like spectacular. Congratulations, guys. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate That's it. Good. Yeah, man. It's really, really great. And, and Sarah, isn't it amazing? Because I was thinking about you, like when the pandemic hit, you went back to your hometown. You know, you quickly got a job in the grocery store. Things were, you know, existential doubts galore in your yep. world. Isn't it a beautiful thing? you know, that you're back here, you know, you just rocked Americana Fest, you're thriving to a point, <laughs> you guys are like a household name. It's, it's, isn't it amazing that like, you know, you were in that like doubtful place and now like now you're back here. Yeah. I, when I think about uh, during the lockdown, it just seems kind of like a dream now. 
um, once in a while, like when I was working at the grocery store, um, my favorite shift was when I would go in before it opened and stock stuff. So you could like listen to music on your phone. And there was this one record by Bonobo I used to listen to all the time when I was like stocking produce and sweating. And I heard that the other day and it, it took me like right back to those early mornings stocking produce. And uh, yeah, life is just life is crazy like that. It's a pretty strange world we live in. Yeah, I love that. I love that comeback story. You know, comeback is always better than the setback. We we love to yeah. say here. And uh, there's something I wanted to ask you guys. And I don't know how to articulate this, honestly, guys. And it's it, because I'm not a musician, so my apologies. But there's certain moments in some of your songs. Uh, there's certain songs like like the other day, you know, I was hearing I was hearing Free Falling by Tom Petty, for example, mm-hmm. or your song On and On or Turntable that you hit certain notes, Sarah and Dan, like you hit certain notes. It just literally runs up like my spine. It's, I think in writing hit songs, there has to be like a certain trick, like with paintings, you know, like to bring people in. And there's certain notes you guys hit. Like when you do like, honey, you know, honey, babe, did I do you wrong? You know, on mm-hmm. and on and on. That it just like gives you like something spiritual. I don't know how to articulate this question, but you guys know what I mean, right? I think so. I think it's like, um, I think it has something to do with, with there being something put out there artistically that like that everyone can relate to you know what I mean like it can be different for every person but it's it's a sentiment that is kind of universal I think that has something to do with it but what you speak of is pretty kind of mysterious you know like we talk about the muse yeah yeah so in other words Sarah like you know you cannot sit down and say I'm going to play a, a major chord and then I'm going to play a minor or whatever. It has to be like something like profound from the soul, right? Yeah. Lately I've been thinking about it. It has to be vulnerable. Uh, I think, I think art has to be vulnerable. I think if it's not vulnerable, it's like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Dan? Anything to add there? Um, yeah. I think it's instinctual sort of output. It's just got to be what you think sounds good to your ears. And then you got to kind of just trust that it's not like it, the more formulaic it becomes, the more maybe contrived or in my opinion, maybe it's just less interesting. So I like hearing how other musicians create music. And usually it's just like, this is what sounded good to me. This is what I would want to hear. And that's a whole trick in and of itself. It's about being able to put what you hear in your head out onto a page but that's not always the case either sometimes it's you kind of have to spew out a lot of stuff and then you come across those magical moments so yeah 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 it's incredible it's all about your ears absolutely it's gotta be authentic like you guys say and that's what dead horses does so well guys and this year dan let's stay with you i mean you guys have had an incredible successful year i was just talking off camera with sarah uh, you know, you guys rocked Americana Fresh, played play the Brooklyn Bowl, you know, before Lucas Nelson and all that stuff. Um, you know, shows in Washington, D.C., the East Coast, all around the country. What are some pinch me moments you've had this year, Dan, where you're like, hell yeah. Fuck Did yeah. you say uh, what, what kind of moments exactly? Pinch me. Pinch me moments. Pinch me moments. Um, Probably just like jumping back on the road, the whole culmination of a tour and not have really done that since early 2020. Yeah. Um, so getting back into the swing of that, that's a pinch me moment because up until then, uh, throughout 2021 and the first part of 2022, we were doing weekend dates. We were doing little travel dates here and there, but 
getting on the road for an extended amount of time every day was like you kind of have to like pinch yourself a little bit it's like oh yeah there's there's no turning back you're you're just going you know um which was something i had that i'm adapting back into it's 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 crazy any one show though a pinch me moment for a show um yeah probably americana fest um that this year was amazing because we kept ourselves really busy we also had a lot of fun so we kept enough time to have a lot of fun um i definitely personally wore myself thin but had so much fun doing it and then the shows and working with uh publicity on this record that was such a huge help to line up a lot of really cool recording sessions we got to go into um people's homes and some really iconic old studios and just record what we got to do you know we get to play our music which is amazing and to do it in all these different spaces it's truly uh it's very humbling and it, it feels good to do it absolutely and sarah you know we have a bunch of friends here that are on the road so so much and we spend a lot of time on the road and it's not easy you know people don't know the grind people don't see the uh you know, when you're driving with Dan and you're, you know, X hours and you're stopping at gas stations and, and the food. But what are the moments, Sarah, where you're like, you know, you're in the middle of tour right now. What are the magical moments that you say, man, this is exactly why everything, everything is worth it. You know, the flat tires, the, uh, the sleepy nights. What are like the moments, Sarah, where you're like, this is why? Definitely when we're playing the music. And I think Dan and I were just talking about this last week. Like we were talking about some of the, the obstacles and, and just things that you have to really work hard at, like like the driving. Um, this tour we just finished up, we did 16 shows in 18 days and we traveled our, uh, just over 4,000 miles. So you're driving and you're playing every day, but the the music, the music, playing the music uh, and experiencing the event with the other people. That's always the most fulfilling part. That That's like the meat and potatoes. That's why you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And Sarah, I have to ask you, I mean, one of the great things about Dead Horses, I think one of the themes that came out in research is resiliency. I think that you guys are so resilient and it's like, it, it's why the success you guys are having and will continue to have it's like more valuable and it makes us smile even more because of, you know, life has thrown you curveballs like many bands, but you guys have been able to create light out of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you've talked a little bit about this, but just the name of your band, you know, an honor to a friend of yours that passed. If you don't mind giving us a little bit more detail about, about this friend and, and kind of what, like what he meant to you and what, what you think when you think his name. Yeah, we, we called him kitten. I'm not sure why that was his nickname. Um, and, I first met him in high school before, before Dead Horses was even a project. Um, and he was friends of a couple brothers that I knew. Um, I then went off to college and ended up coming back to my hometown. And that's where I met Dan. He had met the same people hmm. and we started playing music with them. And it was such an important kind of, uh, time of almost like training like learning how to how to be in a band I had done a lot of musical stuff before I had been in bands too but um during this like kind of formative part of our history learned a lot and and had a lot of fun nights playing with other people and Kitten was just a person that was around uh the scene you know he was a friend he was he was a close friend of um a couple members that were in the band at that time and they also struggled with uh, addiction with opioids. And I was like, 
you know, I was in my early twenties. I didn't really know anything about it. You know, like I didn't know any, I didn't know how serious that addiction was. I think a lot of people didn't. And, um, and I watched them, I watched them suffer through that and be, you know, someone very, very close to, to both Dan and me. And, um, so when they, <clears throat> when Tyler was his name, he was, he was the one that kind of threw out the name for the band. I remember thinking like, Ooh, that's just a dark name. You know, like, I don't know if I like that. And, and he said to me, he's like, well, do you have any, any, um, do you have, have, have any other suggestions? And I said, no. And we kind of stuck with that name. And it wasn't until actually later that I learned it. I'm not sure how I learned the true meaning behind the name. Mm-hmm. And Kitten's mom would actually come to all these shows that we would play the first couple summers. And I think for her too, it felt like um, it was a way for her to process, like like being a part of the 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 project, the band, coming to the shows that was like a way for her to process some of the grief she was going through as music is for me too. Music has always been one way of, of processing, not just grief, but like just life in general, right? Like Agreed. That's what art is. And um, so as time, yeah, as time progressed, it seemed like the name just fit better and better and better and better. And it would have always felt anytime we asked ourselves if we should change it, I always felt like that would just be doing like an injustice to our past and who we are. And um, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, very well said there, Sarah. I mean, you can't change the name now because it's a household name. Speaking of of you guys becoming a household name, Dan, um, you know, I I found it interesting. I mean, Brady Street is like the first album you guys do in in a minute, in like, you know, like four years or something, at least officially out. I know it's been ready for a while. But let me ask you this. um, You know, any any pressure, Dan, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you guys were starting out, basically you had a blank canvas. You guys could do whatever you wanted, you know, really go in any direction. Now, you know, when you guys bring out a new album, there is some anticipation, you know, it may not be Beyonce's album yet, but you know, but there is like a name, there's a standard that you guys have put to yourselves. Any, um, any constraints there or any uneasiness when you start a new project? Um, actually, I almost feel like it was, it's kind of the opposite because when we first started recording records, we were, and Sarah had mentioned, we were kind of new to playing in this band and we had kind of a thing we jumped into, especially because of these other brothers, we were playing more of a bluegrass string band style of music in our own way, because we also didn't come from that camp per se, but we were doing something in that, in that realm. Um, I feel like as we progress in every album we put out, and especially on Brady Street here, we almost have more of a blank canvas because I appreciate, Sarah, we've talked about this too, how we like how bands kind of morph into a new thing as they continue to put out music. And we feel like that's an appropriate thing because you, you don't want to hear this the a band putting out the same sort of sound all the time. Um, I think we've kind of just gradually... Uh, progressed with our sound as each album we put out so I felt like going especially coming out of the pandemic and us deciding to record Brady Street we kind of had more of a I didn't really feel much pressure and um, I I don't know if Sarah you could um, if you would agree with that but I felt like we had more 
areas to kind of run with it and try new things and feel okay about it and just know that this is what we do. Um, the best part is that there's musicians and groups of musicians all around us putting stuff out. So just to be a part of that, um, it, it, it feels freeing. It doesn't feel like Dead Horses has to really be anything. It It's not. It can just be what it is. So it felt very liberating to go in and record this record because we were working with really great people. Um, our drummer, Jamie, was with us, who's a great musical asset to us. He has great ideas and he, he brings uh, really good uh, aspects out of both Sarah and I, even individually, I believe. Absolutely. And within the unit as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think there was much of a pressure to do any one thing. We were just gonna make the best sounds and songs that we could. Love that, love that, Dan. Yeah, I mean, that's great, I'm super. I mean, and you can tell, cause like the album is just phenomenal. There's so much oxygen, you know, in, in everything. It's, it's just a great listen. Sarah, you know, you guys have been so good with your time, but I have to ask you about your, you know, do you just announced that you're gonna maybe like do a book? Tell us a little bit about this. I mean, love to hear it. You guys are amazing writers, songwriters, obviously. So when did you start thinking about this and, and what's the project like? Yeah, so I it, it actually just came out, this book. Um, amazing. Yeah, I started writing it kind of, um, it's 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 half kind of poetry, half prose. Uh, it's it's almost, it was, it was kind of a, an experiment in journaling for me. Mm. Um, I don't know how I came up with this way, but I've always journaled. And it was kind of getting to a point where I'm like, I don't know, this journaling is, it's, I don't ever want it to be like trying to record what happens day to day. Like I want it to be more uh, free, more free form. And that was kind of my experiment to do with not necessarily any intention of releasing any of them or letting anyone see them. Um, but I kept, I kept right, but it was a little bit in my head, you know, and then I, I just kept writing that. And so, you know, it started before COVID goes through COVID and then after, and uh, then I was just approached by um, kind of a, a friend uh, from the Twin Cities area and they're starting a, just a very small publishing company. And he asked me if I would want to write a book. And I was like, well, I kind of have already, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had to go through and do like a ton of editing and it doesn't include everything, obviously, sure. um, but it's just, it's, it's very honest and vulnerable. And it's just a little snapshot of, uh, things that I was seeing every day on the road and feeling and um yeah that's that's what it is and we can get it on uh, on Amazon or like link in your in your website or yeah yeah uh yeah you can you can uh on uh social media profiles there's a website there you can get it through mine um, perfect we'll put it up we'll put it up awesome. perfect well guys you've you guys have said all oh, Dan let me leave you with this Dan what is happening in Milwaukee and the reason why I ask is because there's like three or four musicians we deeply respect who have packed up their bags in Nashville and gone to Milwaukee. So I feel like what is happening? I need to know, Dan. I, I think I need to know too. Um, <laughs> uh, there, more and more I see that there's tons of shows happening. Um, there's a lot of live music coming through Milwaukee. A lot of live music is also kind of uh, avoiding Milwaukee and they're not doing that intentionally, but Milwaukee can be kind of a flyover 
city for a lot of touring musicians, but it's cool to see that I think there is a very lively music scene here. The local music scene is quite lively. There's, there's a lot of uh, folk Americana string band music too. Um, uh, but at the same time, I need to dive more into it as well. It, it feels like even being gone for like the better part of a month, it's like, oh, what was going on while I was gone? And um, getting to like stop out to shows or whatever now that I'm home, it's like on any given night, you can find live music and go find something to do. Um, who are these musicians? Per se. Do you yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be happy to uh, send them to you via email. Just uh, I don't know. I don't know if they want okay. to public or whatever. Yeah, but like, sure. but yeah, yeah. It's it's happening. It's a thing. Cool. Well, yeah, <laughs> Milwaukee's a great place. I think um, Sarah and I experienced this too in Oshkosh when we started the band in Oshkosh. It was like such a vibrant music scene, especially for a smaller community. Yes, they had the college, and um, it's kind of positioned in an area between a kind of a metropolis of the fox valley between fond du lac green bay appleton right nina menasha green in green bay like i said um milwaukee is the same thing it's a great place it's uh i feel like it's a supportive community um it's it's a big city but it's small enough that you can kind of wrap your mind around it and you can find the the support where where if you're willing to work hard you can find the support from people i love it i think that's an awesome thing amazing Amazing. Well, Sarah Voss, Daniel Wolf, you guys have said it all. I mean, Dead Horse is incredible duo, guys. What what a band. What an album, guys. Congratulations. I mean, every song, it just keeps getting better with every listen. So we look forward to what's next for you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having us on the show. It's a pleasure Absolutely. to talk to you. Bye, guys. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.